Live from the Bunkhouse Saloon in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada, this is Bunkhouse! Bug House is derived from the idea that in 1911, when the country was at its most polarized and it had ever been before, um, radicals and free thinkers started getting soapboxes out in Washington Square Park in Chicago, Illinois, and stood on these soapboxes and debated the issues of the day. It was called Bug House Square because Bug House is a pejorative for crazy and they were a little fucking nuts. Jumped to the 50s, Studs Terkel decided to revive Bug House Square because we were just as polarized in the 50s as we were in 1911. Amazingly, in 2019, not a surprise to you, we are as polarized as we feel like we've ever been before, um, to the point where you can have, like you can say, hey, did you see the new Joker movie and somebody's gonna pull a knife on you because it's an incel fantasy, whatever the fuck it is. We cannot have a disagreement anymore about anything because we're all so on end. The first topic, it is October 28th, Halloween. Is it a celebration of evil or consumerism? And that will be debated by Joshua Harris, and this is his first time in Bug House, and Terry Ehrman. So we're here to talk about the evils of Halloween. God damn, those lights are bright as fuck. Yep. Um, so basically, Halloween is based around evilness. It entirely is a... Uh, Okay, it's a celebration of evil for one. It was started by the Celtics, and I think in the... All my notes, too, are super drunk writing. And I did this stuff when I was really high. So, and, uh... Yeah, so I got some shit here, because, hey... The origin of Halloween is on the 31st of October, every year, okay? It, it originated with um, the Celtics. And it was, like, I guess, like, Sam Hain, like, the band, like, Misfits. Only, only like, hey... It's, 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 those guys, hey, Sam Hain, those guys are really buff. If you ever seen them live, they like they work out hard. Um, and it's like called like Selwyn, I think, is like the one thing. But here's the deal about it: the evils of Halloween. Yeah, Halloween's an evil ass fucking hol uh, I guess holiday because it's just all about Satan and all that kind of shit. But at the same time, too, I could bring some consumerism aspects of it because. How the fuck do they sit there and make you spend 80 bucks a person? That's a national average for Halloween. Because like, that's a big deal. And it's actually Halloween is second behind Christmas. So obviously Satan is doing a really good job <laughs> in like marketing his shit because like even they actually they say like online and stuff like that. Blah, 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 that basically the oh, I'm trying to brain fart up. Hey, so online, okay, so online they said basically that uh, Halloween is uh, the consumer aspects of it. 
But how the fuck, like, Satan's the one, like, you had to spend 80 fucking dollars a person, and then in 2011, we spent 9.5 billion fucking dollars on this shit? How is that not evil? It is evil. I mean, dude, hey, we're all, like, young adults and shit like that, right? We got little kids and stuff like that. You have to take these little bastards out. You have to, like, buy them a costume. So that's, it's 80 bucks a pop. I myself spend no fucking money on Halloween ever, and I refuse to. If I had kids, I'd make those little bastards make the shit themselves. But also, hey, it started off with people like basically like trying to sit there and like, well, warding off the evils that are coming in because it's like it's a little parallel between like the first and the thirty-first. And yeah, dude, like that's that's kind of how it started, sort of. I guess you know, hey, if that makes sense. But back to the evil is like, I knew this chick. And I actually went and started like doing her thing this weekend, like, and she was dressed like a whore. And actually, she was dressed like a nun with like fishnets on and stuff like that, and like, and, and, like garter belts and stuff. And like, she's like on her first fucking date. And she's with this fucking dude she's really into, okay, right, right. And she's like, oh my God, I like this dude, I'm gonna fuck this guy tonight. Then all of a sudden, like midway through her evening, she like starts her period. So she's in the bathroom, and like one of my buddy's girlfriends is in there, and she hears her doing her thing. And then so she's like, oh, dude, I got this hot dude I'm, like, taking out with me tonight. And it's like, fucking, you know, I just started my period fucked up my favorite panties and stuff like that. I'm dressed like a fucking whore. And then it's like, dude, all of a sudden, like, she's like, her whole dreams were shattered. How is that not evil? I'm like, dude, like, she put on a straight slut outfit. She's trying to get her fucking shit going. And then she's like, hey, she spent good money. Hey, the garden belts alone must have cost, like, fucking 50 bucks. I mean, she looked hot, dude. I thought she was incredibly cute. But she started a period where she's gonna bang this guy for her first fucking time. How is that not evil? It just wrecked her dreams. And like, actually, this girl was really upset about it. She's like super stoked in this dude, super bummed that the fucking chick, I can't get my shit done now. Out of the ritual of blood, stuff like that, I myself, I was her, I would have just like drenched some in blood and gone for it. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know, dude. Hey. So, yeah, it is Halloween. Like, hey, look at Dude, we got. Hey. Satan's a big deal in life. They even say, like, right now, like, they say, like, like um, basically, we're trying to uh, soften up society to accept more Satan type shit. The Illuminati crap and all that kind of stuff. I mean, dude, there's some shit here. You guys don't try to flip. There's something about 13 swords and, like, doing, like, fucking, um. Oh, listen, dude. Hey, hey. Well, basically, the marketing aspect of it, dude, is that, hey, how could it not be an evil thing if we make you guys spend 80 bucks a fucking person to sit there and want to, like, take part in this fucking holiday, okay? So, like, that's kind of it's a weird thing. It, it, it started from the Celtics, and I think, like, 2000 B.C. or 4000 B.C. One of those dates is one of those dates where, where it started off. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. Listen, my facts aren't totally, like, locked down. But at the same time, too, it was like, it, it, it was Jack Lanos and shit like that. It started, it, we started that shit, dude, and people, fuck you. <laughs> Babe, people went around, actually, like, the, it was like, it was to ward off evil spirits that came into fucking, uh, into our world. And, like, in between the 31st and the 1st, it's like this, like, the thinnest spectrum, they say, between, like, the, the Neverland, or the, the, uh, the afterlife type shit, dude. So, like, yo, these guys come into fucking town. They sit there, and, and, and it's like, people are scared. They make jack lanterns and stuff to scare away people. They, like, they, they get booze and treats. That's where trick-or-treating comes from. It's, like, basically, like, 
to give these little treats to people to ward off evil. So, yo, how the fuck is it not evil nowadays? Like, look, look at our music industry. Look at what kids were. Look at the goth kids. These little sad millennials and shit like that, okay? This is fucking pathetic. And it's like, it all stems from this date. Dude, it's, Halloween's a second behind Christmas. So it's like, yo, how the fuck can this not be the head of evilness? I mean, dude, like, yo, Satan is coming, dude. And then, dude, dude, how is he not coming? Dude, look at music. Look, look at our society. Look, look, look at how people, like, fuck each other and, like, do weird shit and stuff like that. I mean, even that, back to that chick with the period, okay? She's sitting there, and she's, like, cardinal sins. Like, she wants to get fucked. She wants to fuck the dude, okay? They're not married. That's a sin right there, okay? Boom. Dude, she's, like, and she's like putting herself out there in, like, I guess, in a, in a non lady like way, okay? But at the same time, too, it's, like, the evils of it, it's, like, dude, it's all, it all, it gets it up. It captivates you and makes you want to be evil. You get to wear monster outfits and shit like that, which you can spend 80 bucks a pop on, okay? And back to that $9.5 billion thing in 2011, that's a fucking heavy-duty thing. Like, how could that not be evil to make you spend that much money on a singular holiday? It's not just one week or a month long. It's just one fucking day. But also at the same time, too, like, what good is, like, based around Halloween? Is there actually... Is there any good based around this? Like, well, what, uh... Hot straight nuns. Straight as fuck. Well, okay, well... Hot straight I like that, because, like... <laughs> it, 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 it takes a young... It takes, it takes a nun to a whore. Hallelujah! So it's like, fucking do that. And it's like, hey, yo, what other holiday could make a nun into a fucking whore? How do you want to do that right now? I want to That's it. I just made... Yay! Oh, okay. God damn, take the word. Hey. Hail Satan! Praise you all! Jesus Christ! Joshua Harris! Come on, that was horrible. Rock and roll, give him a hand! The man who puts Bug House in Bug House! All right, outstanding. And now the counterpoint, Terry Ehrman, give her a hand! Come on! Oh, yeah! Been trick or treating. I, you know what? I'm a little hoarse right now because I had I went trick or treating last night, but I only got treats because I went to the Thunder from Down Under. So uh, I apologize for my voice. I, you know what? Like, I don't know what Joshua's trying to debate which side. <laughs> Did anybody get that? Um, the only thing evil about. Halloween is the calories. Like, it's a, Halloween is just a giant push for the consumer to buy candy. Like it originally started, you know how, it originally started in the pre-Christian days by the Celtics, Celtics, whatever, basketball team, I don't know what I'm saying. Right? No, but that's how it started and you would go door to door and they'd give you like homemade treats and stuff that you were supposed to pray away the souls. That's how trick-or-treating and Halloween got started. It was to, and it was to honor the dead. We've been trick-or-treating for over a century in this country and other countries. And I know that because I'm old. I've been there since the beginning. And <laughs> it's changed. They used to give homemade treats up until about the 70s when that was a time when only pre-wrapped 
factory-made treats came in handy. And what do you have to do? Go into any Target, Walmart, grocery store, what's the first thing you see? Candy. candy. Not just regular candy, 40 pound bags of candy. All different kinds mixed together. It's always the good shit, right? And I think they're trying to uh, like pawn off those mound bars that they can't get rid of the rest of the year. Candy companies, consumerism. I mean, where else, really, what other time would you buy a bag like that? I mean, it's not realistic, but it gives you a good excuse when you want some chocolate and peanut butter, right? No good excuse, no good excuse. The only thing evil, calories, as I said. Um, and you know how much they make every year? $12. No, it's a $2.9 billion business on Halloween candy. He had the wrong fucking facts, man. It's, no, this was 2018. 2019, sorry. Yeah, 2019, like I looked that up. Billion, billion, if it wasn't consumerism, what do you call it? Uh, the American way, probably. Uh, that's the best way. Like, and you know, when you go trick-or-treating, what do you have to do? You always have to get the best candy, right? Yeah. Because you want to be, if, even if you move in to a new cul-de-sac, you always want to be the favorite person on the block, right? You want to be the popular one so you get the better ones or the larger Snickers bars, and you want to be able to give that out Who's going to come to your house? Mama, mama. And then some of these areas, I don't, I don't live here, I live in LA. They, right? <laughs> Fuck you, Millennium. <laughs> they bust people into certain uh, neighborhoods because they have better candy now. Are you fucking kidding? These kids are so lazy they won't even walk. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but that's what. You get, what did you do when you got home? Went through all your candy. Who got the most? It was never about the quantity, or the quality, right? It was always about the quality, or quantity. I can't even talk today, holy shit. It's always quantity in the US. So just when you go to buy your candy this year, at that, that specially marked place in the store, what is that called? I don't know that I forgot the name of it. Well, no, they put it in a special like the manufacturer or the marketers, whatever. I don't know what I'm saying. But it's right there. It's your impulse buys. Like I think I need Snickers, but that one also has milk duds, but that one doesn't have them. So now you gotta get like 12 bags, so you what do you do? You get your favorite candy too. Fuck, get those mounds, dude. Mounds are gross! I love them. Sense that you would like them. You're a little off. Hey. <laughs> Just a little. Got him. Jesus. I mean, we see what coke and heroin does to people. I'm sorry. It's the meth. It's the meth that makes you get shit done. And eat. Oh, that is cocaine for one. <laughs> yeah, we can tell. Very interesting. Uh, but even like that, it's it's great because like. Who doesn't love a slutty architect, right? How much time do I don't even know what I'm doing up here. Uh, so I'm just saying, oh, I saw did it. Go Terry. Go Terry. Um, now it's the interpretive dance part of this. Go Terry. 
Buy candy. Buy candy. Reese's? Mars? Did you know Hershey was only, like, they were around in the 1900s and it was a treat. And then there was a sweetener um, shortage during World War II. And then after that, it just became nuts and now everybody can have a Hershey's bar and a Hershey's kiss. But they can make sense of it around Halloween. That gives you an excuse to pack on all the pounds and the calories and get out and get you right through Valentine's Day. <laughs> That's true. It is true. And then you have to lose weight for the winter. I mean, for the summer. I don't know what... I just... The drugs make you sweat it out. <laughs> Josh is winning from a fall. Maybe if I did cocaine before this. Um, yeah, we can tell. It's legal, it's okay. Yeah, I know. You were supposed to smoke it with me. What the fuck are you talking about? I should have done this before. I'm just saying, there's no other time in the, in the year besides Christmas, which is the, that you can buy that kind of candy. Nobody wants a Mounds bar is what I'm saying. Those only last. Mounds are really good. You would think so. You would think so. That's an old person's candy. You like want some Werther's in there too? Jesus Christ. It's all the shit candy that goes in one bag that that guy buys. If you notice, all the bags have great, all but one is great candy. Right? Joshua, come on up. And now it is our Q&A portion. You can ask either Terry or Joshua a question. I would prefer that it be by the, about the topic. But, uh, you know, hey. So, does anybody have a question for either Joshua or Terry? No, 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 hold on. Pearson has a question. We're going group after. Right. Did that period lady fuck, though? Did she Dude, yo, oh. You don't have to have the microphone. Oh, you can hey, just say it. Hey, man. I do. She was so fucking bummed she wasn't going to get some did that she night. Fuck or not? Oh, I didn't fuck her, but I don't think she... Did she fuck that guy? No, I don't think she did, because she was really oh. bummed out on it, dude. All she right. That's her favorite pair, pair of panties. There and, you and go. She was bummed about it. Any other questions? Right here. Yes. Candy corn. Pro or con? Pro or con candy mm. corn. Depends if you're on your period or not. Fuck yeah, hey, I like that shit, dude. So it's, it's okay. I'm diabetic. It's okay with me. There you go. One more question. You have a question. Who has a question? Okay. Go. So, uh, Terry, first of all, I agree with you. Like, candy, all, I argued for chocolate last month, like, all the way. But, Mr. Josh. Yes, yes, ma'am. This. You you went kind of back and forth. You vacillated a little bit in your argument about the the length of time within which the veil between the worlds would be thin. Oh, it's and one fucking day, dude. So that's all we more, got. But it's but it's more than that. But at the same time, so what we do, the reason why we wear costumes, it's a ward off evil spirits. We're masking ourselves so that the demons that walk they among want it, us, yeah, they think we're like blend in. Yeah, is there a question? There no, yes. Yeah, you got that. Hey, I'm just curious. She's my wife, hey, but I gotta see if there's a question. I watched coming. that fucking movie with the Leonardo DiCaprio guy, and I concur with you. But check it out. You, most people are wearing tattoos now, which is like a permanent costume. I got some. So how how 
how do you wear your permanent costume? Like, are you a devil worshiper? No, I'm a total Christian. Actually, I'll tell you this right now. I have a little yeah, Jesus so that means Christ yes. buddy in my pocket. <laughs> and actually, hold on, here you go. Here, look, look, hold on. Bambo, right there, look, hey. Bingo, that's Carpet Fro, that, that's Diamond Edition, Carpet Fro's Jesus Christ. Is that Christ. not a red flag for a crazy person? But yo, I'm a Christian. He actually, okay? has, he actually has a Han Solo version. Of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ in Carbonite. Like, yeah, but yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. I don't know where the question was, but we got it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ari, you are the judge. Ari. Where's Ari? She's right there. Ari, who wins this match? Who is the most persuasive... On their topic, who wins the match? Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, as somebody who works in dentistry, I really rely on children coming in with cavities. So I'm going to give it to Terry. Terry! <laughs> Terry Herman wins. All right, give her a hand. Give her both a hand. Which is worse, toxic masculinity or to toxic femininity? Our first debater, ladies and gentlemen, give a big hand to Michael Duber. Give him a hand. Short. <laughs> Am I too bright? It's really bright. It's got to be bright. You're great. Oh my you look great. Thank you. You look really good, dude. Super sexy. Thank you. Very sweaty. Thank you. I'm really surprised you could see that from here. I got good eyes. Yes, I actually, I was a little concerned. I didn't know if I should wear my eyebrows uh, uh, under my hat or like over. Like a dragon. When I get scared, I just hide behind them. Eyebrows are... Overrated. You look good, dude. Shave them off. So I'm gonna tell you why masculine, toxic men are worse than catty female over Kathy people. But first, I want to show you my impression. <laughs> Your eyebrows are amazing, dude. Thank you, they're on fleek. I want to show you my impression of a toxic masculine man at the therapist.
That was my impression. Oh. A toxic masculine man at the therapist. I hope you got that he didn't say anything. Did you get it? Yep. Yes, you did. Perfect. So I have a joke. What did the caddy woman say to a millennial? Meow. What's a caddy woman's favorite sport? Kickball. None. She just hangs out around golf guys and carries their shit around. Because she's a caddy. It's fucking funny because it's true. Where's the worst place for a caddy person to order a coffee named Kathy in Boston? Get a tall Kathy for Kathy and a caddy Kathy. I guess you guys have never been to Boston, huh? You look lost. Yeah, he looks lost. So I had a toxic... Uh, Father growing up, he beat me. Sorry, man. It's all right. He beat me at chess, connect four, sword fighting, sand. Oh, sorry. There's the microphone. I didn't know there was a phone there. His eyebrows got in your way. <laughs> I, man, we're going off topic, but I once had a caterpillar jump on my face. <laughs> he was trying to hump my eyebrows. And I don't know if you can count, but I have two eyebrows. So that was considered a threesome. Yes. Honestly, I still have butterflies in my stomach. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Back to caddy women. They really fucking make me pure. Or purr. But, uh, I mean, studies have proven that um, caddy women are fucking better compared to Toxic men. My own studies have proven that I would fuck a caddy woman, but I would damn not fuck a toxic man. Uh, at least not again. <laughs> that dude fucking scarred me. Emotionally and physically. That's what, that's yes, that was, was that joke. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you got it. 
Wow. Thank you. The one guy got it, everyone else was clueless. They're like, he got scarred by a man? Me too. No hashtag. Yay! I think I'm, are we close? Where are we at? You're on the You're good. Does anyone here wear shoes? <laughs> no. I always found one is bigger than the other, damn it. It's because caddy women. You guys want to see an oppression? Or begging for it. Just do it. This is my impression of a toxic male at the hairdressers. <laughs> Little more off the sides. All right, that's all me and my eyebrows have for the night. Thank you. Michael Jimmer, give him a hand. <laughs> Michael Duber, rock on. And now with the counterpoint, Janine Del Grosso, give her a hand. Woo. All right. Boy, it's bright up here. It is. All right, Mike, you're going down. You and your eyebrows. All right, let's face it, folks. Toxic femininity sucks. And it's far worse than toxic masculinity. First, Beyonce wrote that god-awful song, If You Like It, You Better, You Should Put a Ring on It. Making women look needy and making them only look significant if they got married. I think if you really like it, you should just let it sleep. Or at least give it an orgasm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Who wants to sit through another awful tampon commercial or feminine product commercial? I don't. Because there's so many, I think I actually got toxic shock syndrome from watching them myself. Hold on, I have to turn the page. Give you a second. Glitter is messy. Thank you. So is Kim Kardashian's naked butt all over my now broken internet. Also, the word transvaginal mesh should be just scraped from the entire dictionary because that is just toxic to my ears anyway. However, I don't mind men talking about their transgressions or their transmissions. Thank you. <laughs> I, I got that joke. Did you get it? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You got it. Woo! I find that I like to speak to the manager haircut for women to be extremely toxic, especially when I'm trying to eat my steak. Salads are boring. Makeup tutorials on Instagram are toxic. 
And so are those drawn on eyebrows. No offense, Mike. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. Thank you. Love you, bro. I don't need so many layers of foundation to prove that I'm a woman. I'd rather build my own foundation as being independent and strong. Where's my women at? You're hot, you're hot. Oh, thank you. That's all that matters, right? If you put 20 sorority sisters in an elevator for 20 minutes, they'd all break into groups and they all start gossiping and crying. But if you did the same with a group of fraternity brothers, they'd probably just break out into a farting contest. <laughs> Thank you. I have to turn the page. <laughs> Shush. I was psychologically damaged when I lost one of my Barbie shoes as a kid. But I never had that problem with G.I. Joe because knowing was half the battle. <laughs> and finally, females are more toxic because mean girls have to wear pink on Wednesday. And damn it, it's Monday. Thank you. Does anybody have any questions for either Michael Duber or Janine Del Grasso as it pertains to the topic? Yes, Joshua. I didn't know the big topic about Wednesdays. Please explain that more to me, because I didn't know about that. He wants to know why Mean Girls have to wear pink on Wednesday. Because it was a movie, and Regina George said that they all had to wear pink on Wednesday. Which movie was that? It's called Mean Girls. Mean Girls. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm out of it. I didn't know, but thank you. There you go, all right. Any other questions for clarification purposes? I didn't get the transmission joke. It's just disgusting. <laughs> he did not get, I'm not sure if that's a question, but could you explain, I'll, I'll help. Well, could you explain the transmission joke? Because, well, I'd rather talk about transmissions than a transvaginal mesh. I can do this. I think, oh, she, there you go, he got it, he got it. Any other toxic? Any it's questions gross. for me, guys? Yeah, any other questions? Falls <laughs> over your brows, bro. Your he's brows, fucking bro. awesome, man. God. Yes. Oh, he's got a question. Eric's got a question. Uh, gentlemen, although I love your eyebrows. They're fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, did you know ahead of time that her favorite movie is Mean Girls? Or is Mean Girls every woman's favorite movie? That's the question. Good question. No, it's Clueless. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking. I'm sorry, good fellas. I thought Legally Blonde was everyone. Legally Blonde. I've probably seen a lot more men watching Mean Girls and enjoying it secretly than Goodfellas. <laughs> All right, there you go. And I will just point out that my wife's favorite movie, at least when I met her when we before we got married, was Dog Tooth. Really? Dog yeah. Dog this isn't work. Dog Tooth. You have to look it up. It's fucking weird. The microphone's not working, so uh, you guys did something to it. Oh, well, anyway. All right. Who wins? Janine. All right, Janine wins. And finally, 
given that at this point you can't you can't watch a movie, you can't say I saw a movie in the eighties, I saw a painting, I read a comic book, whatever. Is all art political? That's the question at hand. Debated by Scott Hurtenstein and Tanny Frywald. All right. All art is political. You know, the challenge in an all or nothing statement is that it only takes one exception and your whole argument can dissolve as fast as a cardboard suit in a rainstorm. I know there's the old exception to the rule clause, but that always seemed facile and lazy to me. So tonight, I intend to prove categorically and without exception that all art is political because as it turns out, everything is political. Every relationship, every interpersonal interaction, every aspects of our daily lives and here's how we know this. Many, 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 many years ago, I'm talking two and a half, three million years ago, an unexpected mutation appeared. Uh, wait a minute. Is that an oxymoron? Is there really such a thing as an expected mutation? Well, I, I guess some people might argue that the election of President Trump was uh, expected mutation given the malaise and the injustice and the tribalization of this country 30 years or more, but oh well, we'll debate that another time. Anyway, about three million years ago, our ancestors, the apes, gave rise to a new species, homo or man. As early man began spreading out into the world, different environments necessitated different forms of adaptation, and a whole slew of different kinds of hominids began to populate the planet. There was Homo rudolphinus, Homo erectus, Homo neanderthalensis, Homo forensius, Homo densophia, Homo habilis, Homo sapien, Homo, 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 Homo. Well, I, I guess we're really all gay. <laughs> But what's really important about the evolution of the beginning, we were a pretty unremarkable species compared to the rest of the animal kingdom. We were smack dab in the middle of the food chain. We ate creatures less powerful than us, and we were eaten by creatures more powerful than us. But things worked out pretty well until eventually all but one homo had disappeared. Ooh, bet you Mike Pence likes the sound of that. Maybe they were eaten, maybe they were unable to adapt to hostile environments, and in some cases, they were wiped out by other hominids. Remember Homo neanderthalis? Well, now just a memory and the occasional bone fragment. During this time, hominids lived in small, predominantly family groups that operated just like those of our nearest ape relatives, the chimpanzees and bonobos do today. Their social structures are hierarchical with a single dominant leader. The alpha ape maintains or tries to maintain social harmony. Interestingly, we tend to think that when an alpha is challenged, two individuals engage in physical combat with 
loud, aggressive behavior until one is reduced to a lower level in the troop or kicked out altogether or, in the worst case scenario, fatally injured. But we would be wrong. As it turns out, when two individuals contest the alpha position, they usually do so by forming extensive coalitions of both male and female supporters. Yep. Turns out bonobo bros preceded Bernie bros by about two million years. Ties between supporters are based on intimate daily contact, like touching and hugging. Ooh, hello, Joe Biden. Kissing, <laughs> grooming, mutual favors. Sound familiar? Alphas became leaders not so much because of physical prowess, but as their ability to lead a group of a strong coalition. In other words, a process by which power is achieved, maintained, and used to determine who gets to make the rules that will affect every aspect of everybody else's life, politics. But there's one limitation to this otherwise successful system of group dynamics. It's totally reliant on trust, and trust can only be established in groups where all the members know each other intimately. So as groups grew larger, the order destabilizes, ruptures, and new groups are formed. When you think about it, it makes sense because just 50 individuals are going to generate 1,225 one-on-one -on -one relationships and countless interactions and other combinations. So, if group dynamics and power relationships, i.e. politics, seems only effective in small groups, how do homo sapiens manage to rise from inconsequential middle-of-the-food-chain fodder to the conquerors and ultimately destroyers of the planet? Well, I'm glad you asked, because here's where the art part comes in. About 150,000 years ago, there occurred another unexpected mutation that today we call the cognitive revolution. And it would be followed in rapid succession, well, rapid by evolutionary terms, by the agricultural revolution about 70,000 years ago, and again, the scientific revolution, which is only a scant 500 years ago. One of the consequences of the cognitive uh, leap was the development of language. Of course, almost all animals communicate with vocalizations and calls, but man is the only animal with a means of sharing information through a very limited number of sounds and signs that can produce an almost unlimited amount of information and meanings. Nowhere is this unique human uh, more evident than during my favorite part of infant development. That's when syntax precedes words. You've really missed out if you've never had a deep philosophical conversation with a 10-month-old over the question of Trump's prid quo quo with Ukraine. And no, listening to the Republicans doesn't count, even if it does sound very much like baby talk. <laughs> but where, Mike, you ask, is art in all this? Well, if the concept of politics precedes everything, guess what? Art informs everything that politics and language created. 
because 70,000 years ago, Homo sapiens developed an ability no other animal on the planet possesses. We have the ability to imagine that which we cannot see. In other words, imagination. And if there's a dividing line between art and imagination, I'm hard pressed to find it. It was art that was integral to history's two great cultural manifestations, religion and commerce, neither of which could have been conceivable without trust. But now, trust was no longer dependent on intimate daily activities of small groups. Relationships with strangers thousands of miles away could be developed based on common beliefs in the myths of religion and commerce. Even today's national identities and political affiliations are all based on shared trust generated by the mutual acceptance of ideas, not picking parasites off your cousin's head. <laughs> and those intangible human constructs could not have been created, nurtured, and spread across the globe without pictures, storytelling, and music. In short, art. We could never have come to dominate Earth without art, but there would have been no art if the chimps and the bonobos hadn't invented politics. Thank you. It just occurred to me, it occurred to me while she was doing it that maybe somebody turned the mic off and that's exactly what happened. I'm not used to mics with a on and off switch anymore, so. But Tanny, you projected very well, it's very good. All right, so that is the argument that all art is political. For the flip side in the counter, ladies and gentlemen, Scott. Herdenstein, give him a hand. Come on. Come on. The most dapper man in Las Vegas. Thank you. All right, she convinced me I'm out of here. I can't follow that. But I will say that there's an art to everything, but not everything is art. All cognac is brandy, but not all brandy is cognac. <clears throat> all champagne is sparkling wine, but not all sparkling wine is champagne. <clears throat> and there's an art to politics, and there's definitely politics in art, but not all art is political. If there were, you could bet your last round silver dollar I wouldn't be a musician, and I'd never put pen to paper. <clears throat> politics, to me, is control and power, whereas art is freedom and power. And when you got two situations like that, you're gonna butt heads. <clears throat> Queen Victoria once said, beware of all artists. They mingle with all classes and therefore are the most dangerous. And to that I say, thank you little Queenie. I'm gonna take that as a compliment. <clears throat> it's too bad. Too bad you can't come to a gig sometime and rattle your jewelry. Thank you, John Lennon. <clears throat> Have you ever had a tough day and you come home and you put on a movie or you read a book 
or you look at some paintings, or you actually get involved in some kind of artwork yourself, and pretty soon, that tough day disappeared. That is one of the powers of art. <clears throat> and let's talk about um, certain artist who uh, was rejected, but nevertheless, an art lover. That's right, I'm talking about Adolf Hitler. <clears throat> yeah, he was a rejected artist, and for good reason, too, because his art, just like him, was cold and sterile. But if he had been accepted instead of rejected, we'd have a different uh, world history today. But when he came to power with the rest of the Nazi party, one of the first things they did was confiscate what they called degenerate art. In other words, good art. <clears throat> Somehow, all this degenerate art found its way into their private collections. And why stop with Germany if you're trying to conquer the world and you can loot and plunder every museum in every country that you conquer? And that uh, degenerate art also found its way into their private collections. And if you've got any doubt about that, you can ask that uh, degenerate Hermann Goring. <clears throat> the Nazis were definitely at the crossroads of art and politics. Now let's bring it a little bit closer to home, and by that I mean right here within the last six to eight weeks, in which we find in Mississippi that the book To Kill a Mockingbird was stricken from the eighth grade reading list. The reason being that, well, some of the language in that book just made people uncomfortable, you know? And uh, did any of the subject matter make you as uncomfortable over there in Mississippi? <clears throat> because that is one of the functions of art, in my humble opinion, is to make you uncomfortable sometimes because art can help you to expand. And expansion can be really uncomfortable and worth it too. And now for uh, a neighbor of Mississippi, we have something even a little bit worse. I'm talking about the sovereign state of Georgia where uh, art, uh, an author, Capo Crusette, was invited, invited, mind you, to come uh, talk about her latest book, which is called uh, Make Your Home Among Strangers. This deals with white privilege, among other things. And I'm pretty sure they know about white privilege at the University of Georgia. Well, they were uh, very upset with this woman to the point where they burned her book. Burned her book, man on a barbecue grill in front of her, you know? And she had to change hotels for her own safety. <clears throat> I know that burning authors can't be far behind. So my thing is, do not censor the arts, okay? Do not censor the arts. That's about one of the last bastions left around here. I'm a musician in my band. We're doing a, a song called Hey Baby. Uh, it's a hot song, and it's by Ted Nugent. I can't stand that guy, OK? I don't like his face. I don't like what comes out of his mouth. But that is a hot tune. And I'm not going to put my personal feelings about that joker in front of doing that tune. I also had a woman say to us, gee, I wish you'd stop playing Hey Joe. It's about shooting a woman. Well, you're absolutely right. But that happens in life. And arts are the reflection of life. And that woman in that song was shot by her boyfriend who couldn't handle the fact 
that she cheated on him <clears throat> happens every day, and it's a crying shame. And I wish everybody could handle all emotions and not shoot anybody, but that's how that goes. Uh, let's, let's think of a date called 2016. Mark that date, because that, there has been no funding to the Endowment for the Arts since 2016. I don't know if it's a coincidence or what, but uh, it's really a tough situation as far as I'm concerned. So we are also at the crossroads of art and politics, and I guess maybe I too am at the crossroads of art and politics because as I stand here before you this evening, I say, vote for me. I'm just a starving artist. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Tanny, come on up. All right, does anybody have any questions for either Tanny or Scott about art being political or not? I do. You all right? Um, this one's for Scott. If art is a reflection of everyday life and politics affect everyday life, how can art not be political? Uh, polit politics can be part of it, but I don't think that it's the entire um, situation of art. Well, crust is part of a pie. It's not the whole pie, but it's still part of the pie. Right. So well, if you want a piece of pie, political. I'll give you a piece of crust. <laughs> <laughs> it's still pie. It's still All right. Art. Amen. All right. There you go. What's any other questions? All right. All right. Who wins the argument whether art is all political or not? Very difficult, so I have to enlist in my co-counsel. There, co-counsel is good. We like co-counsel. Oh, you can phone a friend. You know, <laughs> even the oligarchs have friends. I'm, I'm handing this off to a wiser, a nobler person. All right. You want me to make a call now? It, you know, it's Ari. She's the oligarch. I, she's well, the judge. She can. I, 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 well, I will make a call for really her. Really I, first of all, I, I thought those were just exceptional. They were both. Uh, for me, I, I really have to give it to what I thought was just an absolutely flawlessly written piece, and that's to Tammy. That was just top. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Exceptional, Tammy. Frywell, give her a hand. All right. is Bug House. Thank you all for coming out. Let's give a big hand for the Bunk House Saloon. And Ryan Party, thank you very much. Tip your bartender, because, you know, your good looks don't really pay his electric bill. And, uh, and thank you so much. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, I'm going to have the hat right here, throw in a couple of bucks. We'd love it. Uh, if you didn't enjoy the show, don't tell anybody about it. But if you did enjoy the show in, in addition, tell people about it. We're going to have a, a show next month here. We love it. We love doing it. And thank you all so very much. Give yourselves a hand. <laughs>